to Down City Cash Chicago. It's that time of the year when my mom is asking if I got extra room in my freezer, which, mom, I know it's not really a question. You could just drop off the 45 pie crust and dozen Cornish hens, and I'll Tetris them in somehow. But before I do that, let's first look back on a couple stories from the week. It's Friday, November 19th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Man, I've had the Family Matters theme song stuck in my head all week. Like every call I've gotten on, AD, you probably heard it when I first got It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. All right. I'm joined by AD Quig, a reporter for Crane Chicago Business, and Maxwell Evans, who covers High Park, South Shore, and Woodlawn for Block Club Chicago. Both of y'all, welcome to CityCast. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having me on. Hey, it, it is a real honor. Before we jump into the stories, since we're a week away from Thanksgiving, one thing most people agree on is they like side dishes. Right. Regardless of what your mains are, if you got a a vegan turkey, if you got a fried turkey, uh, if you got the traditional turkey, I mean, a real Thanksgiving is built on the side dishes. So I wanted to ask my guest today, what is their favorite side dish? Quig, what's your favorite side dish? This is so difficult. Oh, I know. That's why I didn't give you no heads up. (sighs) All right. I'm going to do... I'm going to say orange things are my favorite side. One so more time? Sweet po- orange things. So if it has sweet potatoes in it, if it's like a delicious roasted carrot, or if it's like covered in cheddar. So like <laughs> all things in the orange category are my favorites. I ain't going to lie. That was a very that was a very smart way of approaching that question. You said, uh, you ain't going to put me in one or the other. I'm orange. <laughs> if it's orange, give it to me. Maxwell, what's, what's that side dish you, you look forward to every Thanksgiving? Yeah, I can't really pick one, so I'm going to go one safe answer, one controversial answer. Uh, the first one, easily, uh, Gramps' collard greens. She makes the absolute best. I'll pile that on. They're juicy. They can be soaked up with uh, like seven different things of cornbread. I'd say my second favorite is cranberry sauce, and I know that that will get a lot of hate from some people. Um, I'm not talking about the jellied kind. That's kind of nasty. <laughs> but like when people actually make cranberry sauce and put the fruit in there, put any sort of spices in there. I love that. Like it's a perfect compliment mm-hmm. for anything. I ain't even gonna lie. I grew up on the on the canned uh, cranberry sauce. And uh, I think the first time I had like some homemade cranberry sauce, I was like, what, what's this? Why y'all got fruit cocktail? <laughs> And gelatin on the on the sides dish. Uh, my favorite side, <laughs> and I'm gonna be a little cheeky here, is because I'm big cousin now. I'm, I'm I'm at that age where I'm big cousin, so I'm responsible for the for the sessions. So so mine is also the greens. I'm responsible for bringing the greens and the purples, the the pungent sides that the the, the older folks may not partake in because back in the 70s, their greens was, was so much more more easy going, right? My greens put you to sleep before you eat Thanksgiving. Uh, so between oranges, uh, orange things, and then green things, we all on the same page. <laughs> Fall festive colors for sure. <laughs> Feel me? I'm pulling up with a with a big bag, a big stomach, uh, and, and a nice cozy sweater. 
Well, Max, I'm going to get things rolling with you. I'm, I want to know what is your top story is the person who covers the neighborhoods I most recently lived in and currently live in from South Shore to Hyde Park. Your beat is so vital to, to like my daily reading experience. What were you following this week, my man? I was able to to write about these 27 Jackson Park Highlands residents who were able to to pull their money together, uh, almost $300,000, and purchase this uh, uh, vacant apartment building last year. And so over the last year and a half, they've been renovating it. And so they've pulled it all together and uh, started taking applications for rentals this month uh, with the idea of getting tenants in for December. And so the priority is really about restoring this gorgeous building, uh, making sure that apartments are available, um, 825 for a studio up to, to 975 for a one bedroom is not the worst I've ever heard. It's really an opportunity to take this uh, uh, blighted building and turn it into uh, a community hub. When your piece came out and I saw the address, I was like, I know that building. I know that building. And South Shore has a few of these sort of historical, large uh, apartment buildings, um, some of them, you know, in disrepair, some of them up for sale, some of them, none of the the shops are taken up. They're all vacant. And it's really crucial to be looking at how real estate is moving in this neighborhood, especially as you have the presidential center coming in over the next couple of years. And there's still a fear that this neighborhood will slowly but surely be priced out. You mentioned the vacancies in storefronts, especially. That's something I've covered in South Shore. Almost half on 79th and then um, almost 60 percent of storefronts on 75th are vacant. Mm -hmm. And uh, a big driver in that is absentee landlords. A big uh, factor is that uh, uh, local officials can't get a hold of who owns these buildings. So having 27 people who all live within blocks of the building, that's just a, a, a radical change compared to, to having somebody out of state uh, investing in a property to try and uh, make money or get tax breaks or something like that. Thanks, Max. I appreciate you talking about that story this week. Quiggs, what was that story for you that you were following this week? This is a story I've been following for months since census data came out, um, the remaps. So we have state, House and Senate, uh, congressional districts, and the one that has been hanging in the balance is the Chicago Ward remap. And this matters for a ton of reasons. Um, representation, what is going to be the ultimate balance of Black and Latino and White and Asian wards, which alderman uh, gets to control certain real estate developments, certain commercial corridors. And then the other thing I care about is what happens to all these aldermen that are under indictment. Are any of them going to be punished by their colleagues for alleged wrongdoing? What's going to happen to Ed Burke, Gary Austin, Patrick Daly-Thompson? So we're getting very, very close to this deadline for city council to approve a map. And we got nothing. And we're just in this weird in-between space where we've got Thanksgiving and then a little tiny slice of time before December 1st to actually figure this thing out. And none of this bodes well for the public. This shit is so important. And you got the mayor coming out this week who was like, I know there's drama, but I don't think it's time for me to get up off the sidelines. I think I'm going to chill out and wait and see how this plays out before December 1st, where 41 of the 50 alder people have to agree on the map or it goes uh, to a special vote. And... You know, Queez, do you have a sense of like how hard is that December 1st deadline? Given the way that aldermen are talking about it, I feel like they are not completely concerned. Despite these deadlines, there are likely to be legal challenges after this. So it can get tweaked after that. I've never covered a remap. These are once every 10 years, but I am 
surprised by the way it's gone. I thought it would be, and like you said earlier, how the mayor has handled this, the way she's kind of stayed out. I mean, politically, great idea. I mean, her relationship with council has been really tough pretty much since she got in. Now, how that looks to voters who she promised that she would support an independent redistricting commission that wouldn't protect incumbents, that would keep communities together. I don't know if folks get hyped up about Remap as much as I do and holding her accountable for this specific promise. Max, what was a story that that you saw this week that you were like, I need more people coming over here. I need more light shined on this uh, so as many people as possible across Chicago uh, are hip to it. So I, I encountered on this Facebook page, there was this uh, guy calling out for support. Um, he'd met this couple and was like, they don't have anything. They don't have any money. They don't have any uh, jobs. They don't have any access to housing. Um, I, I gave him a call. And so uh, in chatting, I heard about Frank and Ashley Redmond. They're from Southern Indiana. They um, made a trip up to Chicagoland in January. And since then, a, a massive amount of things have gone wrong for them. They got their wallet and phones stolen. They ran out of gas and then their car got impounded before being repossessed. So just piling and piling on top of them to the point where they were essentially, yeah, just stuck in the Chicagoland area. Um, and so it was last Saturday where a man named Jesse Ballmer, who lives in the east side neighborhood, it was his teenage daughter, Destiny, who was like, no, 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 stop. Like, we, we need to help this guy. And so since then, he's been working with uh, Frank and Ashley to, to try and find a consistent place of housing. Uh, there's already been attention. There's already been support. But um, I, I think beyond just Frank and Ashley, this really makes it clear that it's not like bad people are the ones that get into these types of situations. It's not like, quote unquote, wrong choices are what lead to this. It could be as simple as we got our things stolen. We have no way to get home. It's especially critical as we move into these winter months, as we try and advocate more and more for the city to provide resources uh, for our citizens who are dealing with uh, houselessness. Uh, Quigs, what was that story this week you want to bring more attention to? It's kind of an inside baseball one, but also an accountability one that I think is important for people to keep track of as we head into 2022 election season. And as always, I'm going to advocate for people to pay close attention to down-ballot races. So, like, don't just pay attention to governor. Pay attention to the water reclamation district who are in charge of keeping your water clean and dealing with our sewage. I love that anytime somebody tells you to focus down-ballot, they always mention water reclamation because they just know when people read that, they go, What the heck is that? So, this is about Cook County Assessor Fritz Kagey, who, if you lived in Chicago in 2018, you know how interesting that race was. He ended up defeating Joe Berrios, the head of the Cook County Democratic Party, after the Chicago Tribune did this gigantic series about how inaccurate assessments were, basically how much your home or business, your building is valued at. Everything Kagey ran on was fixing this system. And as a result, he predicted a lot of the burden of property taxes would be shifted from uh, homeowners, specifically low-income owners, back to commercial real estate. So think of gigantic buildings downtown. So for the first time, we have an independent study of how he did on his first round evaluations. And it basically found he did what he promised. He's doing this better. The assessments are more accurate. And I think what we're going to hear a lot of during the 2022 race from commercial real estate interests, the big business guys downtown and maybe around Cook County, is that he did this too quickly and things changed too fast. How much more has he been uh, like assessing these buildings for? Like, is he has it really hurt local landlords in the ways that they're, they're saying? 
For North Suburban Cook, the total value of all commercial and industrial property rose 74% from the year before. Residential went up 15%. So that's a big shift in the burden. But that doesn't mean that the property taxes are going up 74%. Mm. Yeah, it, it seems that there, there's definitely going to be some money thrown at whoever's running against him. Yes, so far he has one challenger, Carrie Steele, who is from the Water Reclamation District. <laughs> what I'm going to be watching closely is... Does Carrie Steele, who's running as a Democrat against Fritz in the primary, does she get a bunch of money from commercial real estate interests? Hey, I'm going to be following it now because you definitely put me on game. It's really important for me to make sure that the people leave our Friday show with some good news to get them through the weekend. So, Max, what is a moment of joy or some good news you want to lead the people with? So I want to preface this with I, I am a diehard Toronto Raptors fan. Uh, when they won in 2019, I was like one of the biggest, happiest moments of my life. Um, and they, they kind of are. They're kind of trash. They're rebuilding this year. <laughs> so my joy has come from seeing DeMar DeRozan come to the Bulls and just absolutely kill it. Like he's got the Bulls back in business. He's playing at an MVP level. Like seeing my guy who I lost in such a painful way come to Chicago and like knowing that I could go to a game and see him just show out for 30 points a game this year. So happy. DeMar DeRozan's story is so beautiful. As Max alluded, he started his career uh, in Toronto and he turned that team up. He was their biggest face. He led them to like the number one seed in the Eastern Conference a few times. Unfortunately, he played during the LeBronto era. So, uh, don't remind me, please. Because Toronto kept coming up short, a lot of that got put on him. And then when he came to Chicago, it was voted as the worst deal. And in this first 15 games of the season, he has looked all of those people in the face and said, You need to shut the hell up because I'm out here balling, baby. Yeah. And especially, like I said, just knowing that he came to Chicago, I was so excited for that, but kind of bought into the hype that that it was a kind of questionable signing. You know, he's getting a little old, whatever, but man, he's proven me wrong and I love him. Come on. Shout out to DeMar. Eddie Quigg, what's your moment of joy from the people? What's your, some good news. Good news. Um, that, oh, come on. Let, 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 let's get that harmony. <laughs> some good Look at us. Um, (laughs) We'll come back to it. This big head carp story, if you were on Twitter in the past week or so, and you saw a picture of this person like pushing a comically large fish in a shopping cart across the street. (laughs) Yeah, yo, shout out to Daisy Schultz for that picture. If you've been on Twitter, you've seen it. It's the one of Buddy walking up North Avenue with this giant ass fish he caught in the Humble Park Lagoon sitting in a shopping cart. Yes. That thing weighed 72 pounds, 9 ounces. I think it's a record holder for carp. And like, carp is bad. It's an invasive species. But them finding it in the lagoon was a signal like, hey, we got to keep our eye out for this stuff. But like, the picture of the guy that caught this thing, there's one of him like right by the lagoon holding it up by the gill like, I did this. It warmed my heart. That lagoon got some shit in it. Like, like ancient carp alligators like oh this is like there's a chicago animal story i feel like that we're all obsessed with once a year uh come on the the birds at montrose um chance the snapper like this is part of this is now part of like the great chicago animal legacy and i love it my moment of joy this week 
Season two of Southside is available on HBO Max. The show shot in Inglewood premiered on Comedy Central before the pandemic. It follows two friends who work at like this re- bootleg rent center and they always getting into hijinks. But season two, <laughs> y'all, this shit just is more hilarious than I remember. We've talked about it on the show a few times, but Southside on HBO Max. Get your mama HBO Max password if you ain't got it. H- have either of y'all seen uh, either the first season or the second season of Southside? I feel like such a fraud as a Southsider, and I've never seen it. And I was going to say, oh, you know, I don't have cable, so I can't watch it. And then you said HBO Max, and I'm like, I have HBO Max. So, like, what am I going to be doing over the next week or so? I have to watch the show. I'm out of excuses. I have to check it out. I've done the thing where I've watched, like, 50 clips of it in a row in anticipation of finally watching it. And the one that I saw was, like, they went to go claim a microwave from a guy, (laughs) and he escapes with it and gets on a bus. And all the people on the bus yeah. turn on, like, the rent-a-center people, like, you suck. Hey, all I know, one of y'all owe me 50 cents. Y'all from RTO? Man, fuck y'all. I agree. Fuck them. I hate RTO, too. I'm forced to be here. They don't get me. They don't get all Like, anything with public transit in it and, like, people turning on people that deserve to be turned on, maybe. <laughs> Maxwell Evans covers the Southside, High Park, Woodlawn, South Shore, and even more communities on the Southside for Block Club Chicago. And A.D. Quick is a reporter covering politics and business over at uh, Crane Chicago Business. Thank y'all so much for joining us on CityCast Chicago. It has been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, such a blast to end the week. Thank you. Before I let you go, we are less than a week away from Thanksgiving, so I had to ask my team what's something each of them is grateful for this year. Lead producer Carrie Shepard. I'm so thankful I'll get to spend the holiday with my parents because they and I have the booster, and that's because of science, and I'm thankful for public officials who also embrace science. Producer Simone Alisea. I'm thankful for all the people I've met since moving back to Chicago who have made me feel really welcome in the city. Newsletter writer Sydney Madden. I'm really thankful for a strong support system in an otherwise really tough year. Big thanks to my family and friends. And me, I'm grateful for all the people who answer our emails and our calls and make time for us here on CityCast Chicago. And I just want all of y'all to know how much we appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your stories with us. It means so much. I'm also extremely grateful to Sam Trump and Mark Greenberg at the Mayfair Workshop for all the music they provide for us here at City Cash Chicago. I say my last appreciation for you. Thanks for listening to us another week. I'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. Boy, they, they don't make green, greens like they did in my day. We used to go to a concert all day with one green, one bag of greens on us. You kids today, I can't keep up with all y'all greens and purples.